This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 17. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm Brett Duncan. I'm joined by Chris Fuller. Hello, Chris. Hey, Brett. Hello. <laughs> so I want you to think um, think of the best boss you've ever had. Okay. okay. Think can, of, can I include myself? Sure, sure. <laughs> think of what, just one thing. It doesn't have to be the top thing, but just one thing, one reason that that person is who you consider to be the best boss you ever had, whether it was a lesson or a character, personality, yeah. whatever. Oh, it's easy. Okay. Already got it. Ready? Go. Go. They invested in me. Uh-huh. I was less of a subordinate. <laughs> I was less of a um, uh, just a, a, a nothing widget maker. And the best boss was the boss that believed the best in me. Hmm. And chose to invest in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. Pretty easy, huh? Yeah. I bet as all of us are thinking of that person, we could probably, regardless of what the answer was before, it probably in some shape or form comes back to something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. They, I, I was more than a number. Mm-hmm. I was a name, and I was more than a name and a number. Mm-hmm. I was someone that had value. They saw value in me, and they wanted to contribute. Mm-hmm. And and you know what the honest truth is, because of that heart and that contribution, I actually gave more to them than, sure, than than I would have to anybody else. Yeah, you know, uh, working extra overtime and and you know not even billing it. it yeah. I mean, it was just you know um, they had unlocked my discretionary effort by their discretionary belief in me. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So we're going to be talking about bosses today. All right. Talking about that. And, you know, here's something that's weird. When we talk about, um, you hear the phrases leading up or managing up or leading your leader, leading your boss, a lot of times we automatically go to, um, oh, that applies when you have a bad boss. Right. Right. But... I think it really applies either way, right? I mean, we all need insights or perspective or, you know, input from yeah. all over, right? Whether we're a great leader or a horrible leader. Right. Uh, or whether we have a great leader or a horrible leader. You know, I think back to one of my favorite bosses really needed me to manage up because he just wasn't <laughs> going to do that, you right. know? And he, right. and he knew it. Right. You know, so it's almost why I was, why I was hired, you know? So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I know this yeah. is something you have to work with companies on a lot, um, and it's something that we originally weren't going to do this soon, but it's something, as we were looking at it, the flow of what we've been talking about, it seemed to be a good fit for right now. Yeah, you know, so I mean, we've, we've just talked about, you know, adversity or, or poor workplaces, and mm-hmm. then we talked about how do you develop a leadership development plan, and how do you start to change the tide of, of what it means to be a leader here, and so I think as, as you suggested, and really as we talked it out, I think it was a great idea just to talk about, you know, just, just having a conversation around how do you lead your boss? How do you mm-hmm. get your boss to adopt your ideas when you know your ideas can contribute value to the organization? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I say is if you want to lead your people, you better aim for their heart, get their heart mm-hmm. 
But if you want to lead your boss, you got to get your boss's ear. Mm-hmm. Because if your boss won't hear you, mm-hmm. then you can't get into their mind, you can't get into their heart, they're not going to move their hands. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that I can do to gain proximity, visibility, mm-hmm. and the listenership of my immediate supervisor? Mm-hmm. How do I stand out mm-hmm. to them that gives me more, um, more influence with them, if you will, and so that they're, they're willing to listen to my ideas. How do I get my ideas heard? Yeah. So how do you do that? <laughs> Good, great question, Chris. Let's yeah. answer it. And if you'll tune in next time, on, isn't, it, isn't that just about the time a commercial yeah, exactly. break comes on yeah. when you're like, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Teaser. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's a number of things that, that I think that you have to do. Um, and, and I'll break it up into a couple of things. Um, so one of my three-step components is what I call learn lift and lead Uh. if you don't learn your boss you really don't know how to influence them Mm -hmm. or what influences them so if i'm saying uh you know what man i'm going to do brett a favor i'm going to uh i'm going to buy him a cat (laughs) gee thanks (laughs) if i have no idea whether you like or hate cats or highly allergic to cats yeah I'm not giving you a gift. I'm giving you a monster, right? right. So yeah. I have to back up and I have to go, um, will the gift be seen as a gift? Yeah. If I don't know the recipient, then essentially I, there's no way I'm influencing. Mm-hmm. So learning is such a key piece. Um, I don't know about you, but some of, the, some of the worst pain that I've ever had is when I've lifted incorrectly. Mm. Yes. So... If you just go try to add value to your boss and just go try to lift stuff off their plate or do stuff, you may not know whether you're harming instead of hurting instead of helping. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn, learn the boss, learn their personality, and, and we could do a whole lesson on that, but, but you know that's an umbrella component we'll come back mm-hmm. to. Learn them, learn their personality, learn their uh, decision tree, mm-hmm. how they make decisions, Learn the best time of day to approach them. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a thousand things. Come to them with solutions, not just problems. I mean, there's a there's a lot. Bark mm. uh, is a good one. And yeah. so uh, we're talking about Iditarod and talking yeah. about the the analogy. So uh, my analogy of Barks works into there. If you've listened to the previous episode with Barks, you know what I'm talking about. If not, <laughs> we'll discuss it in just a minute. <laughs> gotcha. Excellent. So I think it's, uh, you mentioned decision tree, and that's not one like you hear often, I think, when you're talking about this, but it's important. Like, how do they make decisions, right? And I think back to, um, in some situations, it might have been me with my boss. In other situations, it was someone else who knew, right? I mean, we all know that person that actually knows the boss, you know? It might be their admin. Aren't they a suck-up? Is that... Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, okay, it wasn't me then. Uh, But, you know, they just know how, ah, if that's what you want to do, I would... You ought to do it this way. Navigate the troubled waters of success. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it's fascinating. It feels almost like manipulation. Is this manipulation, Chris, that we're talking about? Um, so tell me the difference between charisma, persuasion, influence, and manipulation. Hmm. And I don't know that I... Um, 
Well, influence sounds a lot better <laughs> than manipulation. Come on, you're the marketing guy. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's nomenclature. Yeah. It's the name of the word that we're giving it. Yeah. And I think the only difference that I can say is that when the word becomes manipulation, mm. it's the intent of my heart. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Otherwise, the mechanisms of persuasion, the psychology of influence, the all of that stuff is the same mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. And it's just the major aspect of it is, what's your intention, and and are you looking for that mutual benefit, or are you looking for uh, self benefit? Mm-hmm. And that's a key piece. Yeah. And and so when you mentioned decision tree, one of the key pieces of the decision tree is. Um, here's a great piece if you want to lead your boss right off of it. You're ready to write it down? Mm-hmm. Here we go. First thing, keep a list of their top 10 questions they ask all the time. All right. Keep a journal of the 10 most frequently asked questions. You go to pitch an idea to your boss. What are the five or 10 questions you know you're going to get hit with? Yeah. And if you're a genius, then when you go to present the next solution, yeah. you answer those five questions before the boss has a chance to ask them. Hmm. And all of a sudden, you're a genius. Yeah. Well, I know your first question is, how much is this going to cost? And so I've got a couple of different things in play. Number one is what the cost of it is, but I want to make sure that with that cost, I show you the low, medium, and high projections on the return on investment. Mm-hmm. So you can see that the investment up front is going to be X, but it's not going to cost us anything because of the return on investment of Y. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're constantly thinking about, okay, I know you're thinking about who's going to run this project. Here's how this project will be run. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to be thinking about how is this going to interface with the other things that we have on our plate right now? How, how much time is it going to take? How much? So... What's their go-to questions? Is it money? Is it time? Mm-hmm. Is it ease of implementation? It, what is that decision tree that they go down? Right. Keep those five to ten questions um, really handy. Answer those first, and all of a sudden, your boss is going to think, all right, you're really thinking this stuff through. Mm-hmm. The problem is, when, when you come in and shoot from the hip with an idea, mm-hmm. um, it goes back to my concept of uh, cook the chicken. Yeah, uh, You're serving up half-baked ideas. And don't, don't be surprised if somebody chokes on a half-baked chicken. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's, to me, that's just a practical tip that everyone could do. I've never thought of it that way. Maybe it happens uh, without my knowing it. I'm thinking, oh, what, what's my boss going to think about this? But really, being deliberate about it. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean even as you're taking notes in a meeting, uh, we all know those questions our bosses ask. Yep. You know, I, I know, I could probably guess what... What my people say, you know, one of my biggest one is, what's the best next step? Yeah. I mean, I always ask that question. There's hardly ever a meeting that I have that I don't ask that question at some point. So your your direct reports, yeah. if they're pitching an idea to you, it would it would be in their best interest to say, hey, Brett, here's what I think we should do. And you know what? Here's the next three best steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, well, hey, man. You guys, I wish you guys, this was a video podcast because his face just lit up like, <laughs> like, man, that would be the best day of my I'm life so happy. if my people would just do that. No, that's good. That is so good. I, I was also big on bring me solutions, not problems. And I can remember one employee in particular who would walk in my office 
And when she had something good, she would always say, now, I know you like solutions and not problems. Yeah. And I, and I mean, when that happened, she was already on my good side. You yeah. Know? So that's so good, uh, knowing your boss. And I'll even take it a step further. I've had a couple bosses. You might, and this comes down to knowing their personality, right? Yeah. Some bosses, their personality is they have to ask questions. <laughs> Oh, sure. So if you have that boss, you might want to hold a couple of these back knowing they're going to ask and then just deliver it, right? Uh, You want to know how to manipulate your boss? (laughs) Right, exactly. Here's one of the ones that I do. Yeah, exactly. um, When I present solutions, I don't don't recommend presenting one solution. I recommend presenting three or four. Why is that? Uh, Bosses love saying no. Mm. And so if you only bring one, (laughs) no. Okay. Good, yeah. good talk, boss. I'll be right. Back. Yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah. So, really, when you're bringing multiple solutions, you can put multiple solutions in front of them and go, okay, tell me what you like about A. Tell me what you like about B. Tell right. me what you like about. Tell me what you don't like about. And you're able to create the understanding deeper of their decision tree on the dominoes and the pecking order of what comes into it mm-hmm. so you can sharpen your solutioning to their preferred methodology. Mm-hmm. That's a deepening piece of the decision tree. So one of the ways that, uh, that just jokingly I say to people is um, bring in a dumb solution first mm. and get their no out of the way. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Bring yeah. in a lame duck, sacrificial lamb, whatever you right? want to call it. <laughs> uh, we're losing $100 million, and what I think we should do is charge 25 cents for sodas in the... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that that 25 cents isn't getting us to the right. million Just make dollars, sure right? it's not so dumb yeah. that uh, they don't even listen to the rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, a couple of things. Um, you know, you might do low, medium, and high on cost. Yep. Of solution, mm-hmm. those are options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I prefer to go um, low, high, medium. Yeah. On cost solutions, mm-hmm. um, or some people would just prefer to to shoot for the moon. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a solution that's going to be three hundred and forty billion dollars. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, or you know, we can spend thirty eight cents, and then you go for the one you really wanted. Right. Um, so it can be low, medium, and high on cost. Low, medium, and high on ease to implement. Low, medium, and high on speed of implementation. Right. Um, you know, there's just you, you got to come up with some alternatives, and be able to shape that. And then the fourth one that I'm encouraging uh, people to come up with is uh, the cost of RTF, uh, the cost of run to failure. Um, and, and what we mean in a non-manufacturing environment, because mm-hmm. um, that's kind of a manufacturing term, run to failure, is um, the cost of doing nothing. Yeah. Cost of status quo. Yeah. Here's the problem. Here are multiple solutions. If we do nothing, mm-hmm. um, the likelihood is, you know, if we don't preventative maintenance and change the oil in this car and continue to drive it, it will blow up in about a year. Yeah. And an oil change is seventy nine ninety five. A new engine is seven thousand. Right. So you're able to to show them that you're thinking through it and the cost of and how long is it going to take before it blows up? You know, is it critical mass now? And, and really, kind of essentially, you know, we're trying to give our boss the term is called a burning platform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oil workers out in the Gulf of Mexico or any oil rig, uh, they know how that the water is a hundred. 100, 200 feet away, icy cold, probably not a good thing. You'll never jump in those waters. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, unless the platform's on fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what's the burning platform that right. gets your boss to move? Right. And so you've got to be able to show them that you have more of an organizational scope than your individual benefit scope. Right. And I, I, on the topic of leading your boss, yeah. it's probably more times than not you're, you, you're in a situation where they're not moving and you know we need to move. You know, I would assume a lot of times that's kind of where you it is. You feel that, anyway. Right, yeah. Yeah, 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 you bet. So we've talked about, you know, learning your boss, lifting your boss, and then really the lead part of that. And I see, you know, here in our notes, you have something you call the EQ savvy. <laughs> oh, I'm intrigued. What is the EQ savvy? Yeah, there's two aspects of emotional intelligence uh, and savviness. Um, personality. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're a driver, please get to the point. Um, yeah. When somebody, if somebody, Brett, was coming into your office and you knew that they weren't that solution person, but all they were going to do is bring up a problem, and you see them from half a hallway away, aren't you already pre-emoting that experience? Mm -hmm. Aren't you already pre-feeling that experience? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, here it comes. Yeah. Negative Nelly, downer Don's going to come right. back, and, and it's really going to be, and you're already in a negative state when you see that person. Yeah. Don't be that person to your boss. Mm. Wow. I, I wasn't expecting you to take it there. Yeah. When, when you close your eyes and you think of the biggest pain in your backside and you think of the person that drains you emotionally. Right. Don't be that person to your boss. Yeah. Learn their personality. If they're a driver, get to the point. Yeah. And then come in. If you, if you, if you, I encourage people, people, this is a huge one. If you ask your boss for 15 minutes, take 13 and start wrapping up and exit at 14. Yeah. Don't ask your boss for 15 minutes and 45 minutes later, you're still talking. Right. You, they will never again give you 15 minutes. Mm. Take what the mountain gives you, be faithful to that particular piece, and bank influence. It, it goes back to... Part of the bark, and again, I'll get into the bark in just a minute, but, but it be emotionally savvy. Read the facial expression of the boss. Mm -hmm. Read, you know, do they have time for that? A simple question is, I guess something I want to talk to you, is now a good time? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. Would it be amazing if your people just respected your time or they knew this? I'm high energy first thing in the morning. Yeah. Let's go. Right. 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, let's go. Mm-hmm. By the time I hit 3.30 or 4 in the yeah. afternoon, you know, my energy level is diving. Yeah. If you are high energy and, and, and you're bringing some of that stuff to me in the afternoon, you know, I would much rather you bring me the critical items if they truly are on fire. But if it can wait and it's something that's going to take some emotional energy or it's going to take some creativity, know when the best time to approach your boss is. Yeah. Now, for me, you got to know the boss's rules. You got to know their their uh, pet peeves, their triggers, their yeah. you know. Um, and, and if you know that your boss just um, you lose your boss when you give too many details or too few details, mm -hmm. um, you 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 got to be savvy about that particular piece. Yep. 
And if you know, um, like one of my triggers is people that come in and the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this crisis management emergency scenario and we're all in trouble. Yeah. Learn the boss, learn their, their personality. Um, you know, are they a driver? Are they an analytic? Are they an extrovert? Are they a relator? Learn those personality types, present the information back to them. And then the last piece again is bark. And I'll go through the barks analogy for those that haven't. Um, number one, be in barks, be consistent. Mm-hmm. If you are not a consistent performer, consistent in action and attitude, then they have no idea what you are and you're not going to be influential. Mm-hmm. B, bark, be consistent. A, attitude, model the right attitude. No matter what's going on, if you're the downer dawn, negative Nelly, if you're that bad attitude, why should they listen to you? Be real. Mm-hmm. You know, bosses usually know when you're trying to blow smoke in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, just be real. Mm-hmm. Be authentic. K, know your stuff. Yeah. B, be consistent. A, uh, um, uh, attitude. attitude. R, be real. K, know your stuff. Study. Get good. Mm-hmm. Be a subject matter expert in something. Yeah. And then S is serve first. Have that, that mind that you're there to add value to the leader, not to fix the leader. Mm-hmm. If I feel like you're trying to fix me, you're going to find me resistive. Right. But if I know that you're trying to add value and help me and support me as that leader, you have more of my attention when you're a value-added player than when you're a problem-finding, negative attitude uh, player. Yeah. Earn the right to be heard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's just remember that barks, right? I, that's perfect. And that's if you forget everything else, you've got a great acronym there <laughs> on how you can lead your boss. And uh, a great episode, again, very practical. We're glad that you were you joined us on the call today or on the on this episode today. Um, stay tuned. We've got even more coming. Uh, we've got uh, looking here at kind of where the episodes are going. It's going to be very, very helpful uh, and really help you like as we promise, help you truly increase your leadership skill set. What's in your tool bag when it comes to being a a great leader? Uh, Definitely want you to go to influenceleadership.com. You can connect with us online there. You can uh, buy the books. You can connect with Chris. You can hire Chris. All of that good stuff. It all happens at influenceleadership.com. And then also make sure that you rate the podcast. It certainly means the world to us. And it's also going to help it show up for someone like you who really needs to hear Uh, some of these lessons. So we're going to close this one down. Chris, final word from you. Be smart and take a long-term view. Hmm. Incubate your problem. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if you have an idea and you want to get it bought, break it up and, and break it up into six to 12 different components. Put it in a Petri dish, roll it out third shift or or um, pilot the program, show the boss demonstrated results in a small environment, and let your ideation get pulled into the organization instead of just trying to ram it down everybody's throat. Be patient. Be a person that barks. Bank the influence. But be smart. Componentize it. If you can't win the war, at least win the next battle. That's excellent. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast. Have a great day.